This week, our readings, they take us right into the beginnings of these persecutions of the early church. And you know, what stands out is that even in the harshest of moments of persecution, the apostles and the followers of Christ, they stay strong. They continue to preach about him, even when they're banned to do so by the authorities. You know, if they can't celebrate the Eucharist, you know, come together to pray or need to preach in a given area because it's been banned in that area, they simply leave that place and go elsewhere. But then they come back when things have calmed down. I mean, even there, in our first meeting today, you know, after the, the persecutions began and Saul was going house to house looking for people to arrest and fly them into, flung them into prison. Um, Stephen, who was martyred, um, a lot of them scattered and left the area because of the persecution, but some stayed behind to bury St. Stephen. It's extraordinary witness, exceptional courage and remarkable faith. You know, they're not deterred no matter what comes at them. Because they know and knew that capitulating and appeasing those authorities only leads to a non-functioning church, a weak faith community that ends up being scattered, being scattered rather than being unified. I mean, our enemy, Satan, he loves division, loves to scatter people and loves a weak church because appeasement only makes the aggressor stronger. And the pandering that we do to authorities who have contempt for the Christian faith and particular Catholicism is obvious in the way that our government in the past week have disgracefully treated our bishops this past few days. And my heart, it honestly goes out to our bishops in this desperate situation they find themselves in as leaders of the Catholic community. This is a desperate time for Catholics and, and Christians who are committed to their faith. Because if ever we needed faith, strength, hope and courage, it's now without a shadow of a doubt. And the only person, the only source of that kind of strength and courage that we need is Jesus Christ our Lord. No one else, nothing else. He, knowing the struggles that we would encounter in the future, has left us his own body, his flesh to eat, to consume the true bread that has come down from heaven. As Catholics, the source of hope and strength of the faith must be in the true Eucharistic presence of Jesus Christ. And I know a lot of people there at home, you're, you're, you're shaking your heads now at the screen and saying, and probably shouting at me saying, Father Bill, we can't get to Mass. The source and summit of our faith is banned from me. And you're 100% correct. It is. I heard this morning from someone and it's quite interesting, and it's an interesting thought, that as Catholics, we're becoming more and more like tele-evangelists. Uh, the closure of our churches is turning us more and more into a, a, a Protestant sense of the faith, where it's all about on-screen presence and offering sound bites of bits of scripture and this, that, and other. I mean, most of our parish meetings now at this stage, because we know there's a possibility that churches starting to open up in the coming weeks, if not months, most of our meetings are now going to be filled with hours and filled with anxiety. How do we get huge numbers of horse Holy Communion and Confirmation ceremonies done? I mean, just here, myself and Father Pat, we're the two full-time priests here. We're going to have 
over 1,200, if not more, children and young teenagers to receive the first Holy Communion and their confirmation. And beautiful, it's great. But that means probably under, just under 100 ceremonies to plan, on top of the normal day-to-day running of four churches and three parishes. Huge events, huge events, and logistics. And that's not evangelization. That's not evangelization. That's not making disciples of the nations. My experience and everyone else who has any input and working within the parishes, they know 99% of those families we'll never see again until a wedding or a funeral. Our parish system, it seems to create more agnostics than anything else. And all the while, those who are committed Catholics are not even being considered. My heart is bleeding at the moment for those of you out there who are hurting greatly because the source and summit of the faith and of your life has been cut from you. We have become, friends, a challenge-less church where instead of aiming for holiness and aiming for, for heaven, we, for some reason we're aiming for mediocrity and we're aiming for purgatory. I mean, our young adult Catholics and Christians especially feel this challengelessness and hence why so many of them are seeking the faith and knowledge of the faith outside of the parish. The human to human in Christ's Eucharistic presence has been swiped from us, just like that. And the fact that many priests in Ireland are now celebrating Mass in areas unknown to authorities, it has created an underground church. Our readers, our musicians, they are blessed and fortunate that they can come to Mass. But see, this creates a them and us. It can create a division within our churches. I want to be careful of this. And you know, in one sense, I'm asking the question myself this morning in prayer. Why do I bother preaching about the Eucharist at all at this time? Seriously. When you at home, you're not only banned from receiving the Blessed Sacrament, and yet you can go to browse shops of junk food and alcohol and God knows what else. Not only are you banned from receiving the Blessed Sacrament, you can't even come to adoration. Extraordinarily timid church we have become, completely opposite to the witness and the evangelical power of the Holy Spirit in the first apostles and disciples, in St. Stephen, etc., that we're hearing about this week. Beautiful, powerful, and unapologetic. How in the name of God are we to evangelize this aggressive secular culture and get the kind of hope and strength that we need if we can't eat the blessed Eucharist? as Christ has commanded us to do so. Food for the journey of life. I mean, as St. Paul clearly tells us, everybody, the Holy Spirit that we receive is not a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power. One who fuels us and drives us to believe in Jesus Christ and to help others to do so through our encounters of the risen Jesus. A power and a strength we need now more than ever, especially in this desperate climate of fear. People need the human contact with the divine in the Eucharist, the hope, the peace, and faith that only Jesus Christ provides. And my concern is that the church, once again, is taking the wrong side in history. May God have mercy on us pastors and shepherds.